Thank you so much, Maggie. Um, man, what a wonderful reminder in those two songs of who our great God is and who we are in Him and our theology, our identity. And as we are uh, really unpacking that and exploring that this week of Mission of Chapel, um, and again, Mission of Chapel is simply encountering God together in community and doing that through song, doing that through testimony, doing that through hearing from different voices and from God's word. Uh, we're really excited uh, and honored to have uh, our university's president, Dr. Alan Kirtan, who's speaking today. And for some of you students that are new, maybe you're going to be hearing from him for uh, the first time in this context, uh, but it's been uh, a longstanding uh, kind of tradition for the beginning of the year of each semester to have him come and share. And uh, just his, his voice of, of wisdom, of enthusiasm, of instruction, um, is, is a vital part to uh, the spiritual development um, that we all get to participate in here on campus. And so um, just a little bit about him though, uh, Dr. Kieran came uh, back in 2002 uh, and uh, has been serving as a university's president and over, the, the, over Northwestern Media uh, for the last 17 years. And um, he, it's been said of him that he has a lifelong commitment to higher education uh, something that I've experienced being a, an alumni, and I know that that reason why he has that lifelong commitment to, to higher education is because he has a lifelong commitment to being a learner and a disciple of Jesus, and that's what fuels uh, what he does in his, uh, his posture of learning that Dr. that Dr. Kieran leads with humility, passion, and faithfulness. So um, I know you're going to be blessed, challenged, encouraged, and I'm sure you're going to laugh a little bit as well with, the, with his time with us in chapel. And uh, Dr. Kieran, this says, lastly, he's been married to his college sweetheart, Gail, who I'm sure is probably here somewhere since 1976. They have three children, Luke, Rachel, and Michael, and they have 10 grandchildren. So uh, that is wonderful. Please give a warm Northwestern welcome to Dr. Kieran. And uh, would you place a hand out over him and a hand up as we pray for him and for our own hearts this morning. Father in heaven, we are so grateful for your love. Your love that, that kept you on the cross until you declared it is finished and the veil was torn. And that through your death that you have ransomed people from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. And Lord, thank you that you give us our identity as your beloved and redeemed sons and daughters. And Lord, thank you so much for Dr. Kierden. We pray over him now that you would fill him with your spirit. Thank you that you brought him to this university over 17 years ago, and thank you for his faithful leadership. Pray that you would continue to uh, fuel our, uh, that passion for learning, and as a disciple of Christ, that that would drive everything that he does um, from that place of being one of your beloved sons. And uh, Lord, I pray that our hearts would be open today as we hear from him, uh, hear from you through him today. And uh, Lord, that our hearts would be good soil to receive your word and that it would take root and produce fruit that would last for your glory. God, we love you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning, Northwestern. Yeah. It is good to be here this morning. And to those 80 new students that we have here, transfers and new students, if you're here, welcome. Glad to have you here. So if you're new, if you're new, you know, you need to know that uh, whenever I speak in chapel, I like to show uh, dumb videos. They have absolutely nothing to do with uh, what I'm going to share with you. It's just kind of fun stuff. Now, the one I have today 
is a little bit different, and I want to, I just want to preface it and, and present it to you. Um, I am always fascinated by flash mobs, uh, whether it be at airports or shopping centers or out on the street or et cetera. And some of you recall that uh, video I showed a couple years ago of a, a flash mob in an elevator, everything right, okay. So anyways, um, a group of individuals were meeting down in Nashville, acapella Christian gospel choir people. And a number of them went out to a Chick-fil-A for lunch. Right now, if, you, if you've been, uh, Gail and I have the privilege of hosting students at our house, we generally have Chick-fil-A when you come over to see us. I like Chick-fil-A, I've got the app, I got all that. All right, so anyways, I saw this video and I thought it was pretty cool. Because if you've been to uh, Chick-fil-A, it's kind of, uh, I, 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 just, I just like Chick-fil-A. Okay, so here is a video I found that happened recently in Nashville, Tennessee. So would you please play it? Hallelujah to our God. 
comes to me in a Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I would love to be part of that, you know, that group, or, uh, you know, we had lunch and someone, uh, remember. I just, this just never happens to me. But I thought it was pretty cool. And then did you see all the people standing up and the reactions and some of the customers, like, anyways, I just thought, anyway, I like it. Yeah, I like it too, all right. All right, so today I want to talk about community. I want to talk about why we do chapel. And uh, so if you have your scripture with you, I want you to open up to Ephesians 4. So bring your, if you have your Bible, if you have your iPad, if you have your iPhone, Ephesians 4, we're going to look at 1 through 6. And I know sometimes students... You like to jot notes on the sides of your Bible and things like that. I gotta tell you a story. Um, my mother-in-law was an incredibly godly woman. Uh, I had a lot of respect for her and love and admiration. Married her daughter, you know, got that. But uh, at her funeral service, her grandchildren conducted the memorial service. Uh, so uh, my youngest son got up and his assignment was to read some of her favorite scripture and Michael got up with her Bible and uh, stood at the pulpit and said, uh, uh, he said, you know, it's been really hard to find her favorite scripture passages because she's written, scribbled notes all over that thing and I can't find a passage. <laughs> but he did find one. I just thought it was great that he acknowledged that his grandmother was taking notes and studying her Bible and that legacy that she was passing on to my son, even at her memorial service spoke volumes to him and to me as I was listening to Michael read from the Word of God. So, pray with me. Lord, the, uh, we know that nothing happens by accident. We believe firmly that you have a purpose and a plan for each and every one of us. And a plan for us as a community. So today, you have these students here for a purpose. We're going to dive into your word, Lord. May your Holy Spirit open those words up to us so that we understand what you're trying to say, what you're trying to teach us at this time. So that may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable unto you, our rock and our redeemer. So when you look at uh, Ephesians 1 through 16, we're talking, Paul here is talking about unity in the body of Christ. And I want to say one thing today, if you get anything from my message, it's this. There is unity in community. There is unity in community. And that's what's unique about the body of Christ that Paul talks about it in this passage. Now before we get into this passage, it's important for you to understand the, the previous eight verses, 14 to 21 in chapter 3, where Paul is saying, I fall on my knees. If you look at verse 14, I fall on my knees to pray to the Father, the creator of heaven and earth, and I pray that his glorious and unlimited resources, he will give you inner strength and strength through this Holy Spirit. And I pray that Christ will more and more be in your hearts. Paul is pleading in prayer for the people of Ephesus. On his knees. I want you to know this too. 
And this is our commitment to you. That the faculty and I and the staff at Northwestern, we pray for you. I drive into work this morning, I'm praying for you. I'm praying that I'm not praying by name, but I'm praying for all of you because my, I know my Lord knows you. The faculty and staff are committed, we are praying for you. This is part of our responsibility, part of the call he's placed on our lives to serve and love and impact and adore you. All right? So Paul is saying, I'm on my knees, I'm falling on my knees praying for you. So let's look at chapter 4. I'm going to go verse by verse on this. So give me a, give me the verse. If you don't have your scripture, you can, you can see the screen behind me. Can you bring it up? Great. Therefore, I, a prisoner. It's fascinating to me that Paul uses the word prisoner. I'm a prisoner for serving the Lord. Last fall, I had the opportunity to host a, a group of people that we went to Rome and we walked in the steps where Paul was. And we visited the location where he was in jail. Not only where he was in house arrest, but also where he was in jail. Did you know that that jail at that time is a hole in a rock that you had to lower the prisoner down into? And so they lowered the food down to him. They lowered other things down to him that he needed. He was down in the hole writing these words. I'm a prisoner. He writes, I beg you. Some, when you look at the original Greek, it has, you can interpret it as a word urge. I urge you to live a life worthy of your calling that you have been called by God. Students, you have been called by God. You're sitting here today because you wanted a biblical worldview in your collegiate educational experience and you're here because you love the Lord. Calls you now. You've been called by God to live a life worthy of your calling. Students, I got to tell you this. When the Lord reached out and touched your heart and drew you to Him to the point where you became at that point the, the decision should I follow, should I not? Do I accept Christ or not? That was the point of justification. Now the journey starts of sanctification. And let me tell you something you got to want it. You got to want it. You just can't sit back and say, Lord, you do it all for me. I'm not going to work at it. Students, you got to work at it. It's a lifelong process. Trust me, 52 years of walking with the Lord. It's a process, process, process. But you got to want it. If you let Satan slip in, if you lose that desire of wanting it, then you begin to regress backwards. You got to want it. Begging. Paul is begging us to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. How? Next slide. Be humble. Gentle. How often do we... Who wants to follow a leader who's brash and arrogant and self-centered? I'm not talking about anybody in particular. But what is it about someone who's humble and gentle you want to be around them? You believe what they say, they have integrity. There's something about them. Be humble and gentle. Be patient. As we as a body of Christ, we need to be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. 
please understand, I, I struggle with sin in my life. I, I thought that I'd get over this sin stuff, but I'm, not, I'm never going to get over it. You're wrestling with it. We have to, sometimes I sin against brothers and sisters. I don't mean to, sometimes I mean to. I confess. But I've got to I've got to be patient with those who maybe do something they shouldn't have done to me. I have to be forgiving because I need their forgiveness. This is part of the body of Christ. The world doesn't forgive. The world seeks revenge. Paul's talking about forgiveness, patience, making allowances for each other. Always keep yourself united. Unity in community. Always keep yourself united in the Holy Spirit. Bind yourselves together in peace. There's unity in community. What we're trying to do at Northwestern is to give you an example of what it's like to be in the body of Christ so that when you leave Northwestern and go and invest in your churches, you can say, I have a pretty good understanding of what this is supposed to be. We're not ideal here. We have our issues. That's why we need to be patient and forgiving of each other. But we want to create with here in this situation a community where you understand what that's supposed to look like when you go and serve your church and your community. Always keeping yourselves united in the Holy Spirit. There's unity in community. Let me go on to the next verse. But we are one body and we have one the same spirit. And we have all been called to the same inglorious future. Folks, we are one. So I don't care if you're evangelical, free background, Pentecostal background, Presbyterian, Bible church, Nazarene, Catholic, whatever. I don't care. I don't care if you're tall or short. I don't care if you're old or young. We are one. Because of he who lives in us, because of who touched us and called us his. And Paul is saying, live a life worthy of the call. We are one. A common bond that we have together, regardless of age or status or anything, you and I are one. Students, you are always welcome to come to my office and let's talk as you welcome me places on campus when I'm walking around and you stop and talk with me. Next verse, please. There is only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and there is, no, there is only one God and Father who is over all and in all of us and living through all of us. Again, the affirmation that Paul's saying is that there is one. One Lord. The world's going to tell you that there's a lot of Lords. There's one Lord. There is one faith. There is one baptism. Now some of you may be thinking, well, that seems kind of arrogant, Al. I'm just saying what the scriptures say. I believe this is God's word and authority to us. And I'm just looking at it. And I'm saying one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And there is only one God and Father who is over all of us and in us all and living through us all. Unity in community. 
unity in community because of one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Next slide, please. However, don't you love the howevers? However, he's given each and every one of us a special gift according to the generosity of Christ. If you understand Paul's logic and where he's going, we're one and we need each other. But each one of us has been given different gifts. You can look at the passage in 1 Corinthians that talks about spiritual gifts, but here Paul is talking about it in Ephesians. He's given us, each of us, a special gift. Your time here at Northwestern is to find out what are my gifts and skills and talents. I have people telling me that, but what are they? I'm going to share with you again, personally, I had no idea. When I enrolled in college and sat in chapel like yourself, I had no idea that I was going to become a university president. I went to a high school where very few people were encouraged to go to college. Very few parents went to college of those, of those students in my high school. In fact, my guidance counselor told me, honest, Ms. Smith said, Al, I don't think you should go to college. I would encourage you to go to trade school. There's nothing wrong with trades. But he's my guidance counselor. That's how bad a student I was. But in college, my faculty members said, Al, you got a brain. You got a gift. I never would have thought of going into the academy. I never would have thought about being academic. It didn't even cross my mind. It's in college where you get that chance to find out what are my gifts, what are my talents, what am I good at. Special gift according to the generosity of Christ. Next slide, please. That is why the scripture says, he ascended to the heights and led, and he led a crowd of captives and gave the gifts to this people. Next verse, the slide. Notice that it says he ascended. This means that Christ first came down to the lowly world in which we live. Next slide. The same one who came down is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens, so that his rule might fill the entire universe. Paul grabs the Old Testament out of Psalm 68 and quotes that verse to make this point that Christ came down. He gave us a gift. He came down for you and me. He came down and took on flesh so that you and I would have eternal life. I still, this is, I still process when I, during my prayer time when I talk about it. Like, Lord, you were a baby. Someone had to change your diaper. You know, I mean, anyways, all right. I get off on that. Next verse. He is the one who gave the these gifts to the church: apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Now, this is what Al Kirtan's going to do. He's going to say, and ushers, and kitchen workers, and Sunday school teachers. And do you get my drift? Spiritual gifts all the way across the table. Why? Because of unity in the community. What the church is supposed to look like. Next slide. Their responsibility, yeah, this is you and me, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work while you and I are here on this earth. We're not here to make money. We're not here to make a living. We will provide you with a, help you to determine your vocation, your calling, yes, but you and I are here to fulfill the Great Commission, to tell other people about the good news, to do his work and build up the church. 
the body of Christ until we come to such unity in the faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature and full grown in the Lord, measuring up to the full stature of Christ. I love that verse in 1 Colossians 29 where it says that we labor so that we may present you mature or complete or perfect in Christ. That's why we are here as faculty and staff for you because we want to present you mature, complete, grown because we want unity in the community. We want to impact the church. We want to make a difference. Let me go on to the next slide. Then we will no longer be like children, forever changing our minds about what we believe because someone has told us something different or because someone has cleverly lied to us and made the lies sound like truth. I can't believe Paul wrote that 2,000 years ago. Because so, doesn't it apply to today? Where your world, the worldview that you and I live with, says, do whatever's right in your own eyes. Do whatever pleases you. You're number one. You're first. That, that worldview is so dominant in our, in our culture that it's amazing to me how much you and I are hammered about it every single day. Even in commercials on TV now. They present to us lies in the form of truth. We don't want you to be children. We want you to be grounded, mature, grown, and still growing in your faith. That's why. That's why you're here. That's why you need to understand what God has called and placed on you. That's why unity in the community is so critical and important. Next slide. Instead, we will hold to the truth in love, becoming more and more in every way like Christ, who is the head of, the, of his body, the church. Next slide. Because under his direction, the whole body fitted together perfectly. As each part does in his own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy, growing, and full of love. It's a puzzle. And you and I are pieces in that puzzle. We're part of the unity of the community. The puzzle, when put together, all the pieces fit. Some of us are teachers. Some of us will be lawyers. Some of us will be physicians. Some of us will be engineers. Some of us will be counselors. Some of us will be stay-at-home parents. Some of us will be called overseas. Some of us will be planted in the urban area. Some of us will be dispersed all over the world. But you know what? There's unity in the community. There's a bond here that you have because you're part of Mark Lesser. And that's what our hope and prayer is for you. That you get that glimpse here during your time to understand what God's called. Pray with me. Gracious Lord, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint, is it? This is the process of a collegiate experience in education. I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you bless every single student here on this campus and those that weren't able to attend today, Lord, as they run this marathon, this marathon called sanctification, as they grow in stature, Father, equip them. Build them for the work of your kingdom so that you may be honored and glorified, you may be praised, and more people will hear the good news of Jesus Christ. 
Use these students, Lord, to advance your kingdom, I pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. Have a great day.